This episode of Paper Team is brought to you by the 2018 Launchpad Pilots Competition. Now in their fifth year, the Launchpad Pilot Competitions have helped 254 riders get signed, 81 projects get set up, 48 riders get staffed, and led to four bidding wars. When you enter your pilot script this year, you'll save $15 off your entry just by using the code PAPERTEAM, all caps, all one word, at the checkout, as a special thank you to our listeners. For more information on the tracking board's current competitions and exclusive partners, visit tblaunchpad.com. Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about TV spec scripts 201 because last year we did a 101 episode about the basics of writing a TV spec script. And in this episode, we will be digging deeper and focusing on how to research the show you want to spec. In fact, Alex has been talking about spec scripts ever since we recorded that last episode. I just decided to turn the microphone back on to catch some of it for this episode. So this is a rerun from 2015, 16. <laughs> I don't even know what year we're in, but uh, let's get to it. And welcome back to our paper scraps segment where we recap little bits and pieces that didn't fit in anywhere else. And this week we have a couple of voicemails that we received. And the first one is by David. Hi, Alex. My name is David Chester. I found your site through this group called Roadmap Writers, and there was a link to it. And I'm looking at it, and it's fantastic. And I just wanted to tell you that it looks like a treasure trove of unbelievable information. So thank you for putting this all together, and I can't wait to explore it. That's basically what I wanted to tell you. Thank you. Well, thank you, David. I just want to play this because it was very self-aggrandizing. <laughs> so it's so. an ego boost for Alex there. But uh. yes. <laughs> thank you, David, for the readership. And our next voicemail is by Dakota. Hi. In a spec script, what should be in the header on every page? Should I have the name of the show and the title of the episode and the page number on every page? Well, thank you for the question. Was someone playing music in the background of the, the voicemail? I think so, trying to spice it up. Yeah. But in terms of the header, uh, what should we put in the header of a spec script? Uh, now, for both a fake episode of TV and a TV pilot, you should, by and large, leave it on the default setting, which means nothing besides the page count. And when you'll be on writing staff, the script grinder on your show will usually provide you with a template for you to use, which is something you obviously don't have access to outside of that writer's room. And I would also say that if you are doing a spec episode for a fellowship, if that's what you're referring to, I would just check their website for the requirements in the FAQ. So if the WB fellowship wants you to write something in that header, like the name of the show or whatever, just do whatever they say. Otherwise, just the default, like Alex said, the page number in the top right, and that's it. Uh, the headers are mainly used for notating revisions in production draft an actual show like blue pages etc so just leave all of that to the professional script coordinators to mess around with all right and if you want to leave us a voicemail and you have a question you can go to paperteam.co slash voicemail or just go on tv calling and tap that red button to the right of your screen or your phone and just a quick note, please don't pitch us anything or send us your scripts either in the voicemails or to the Ask It Paper Team email. <laughs> we are just two guys <laughs> slash lowly writers. We don't have the power to greenlight your show. We don't have the power to get you a writing job. We can barely get ourselves writing <laughs> jobs. That's what agents and managers, et cetera, are for. So uh, please just keep it to questions and comments on the podcast and the business and craft of TV writing. Now let's get to some specking. <laughs> 
All right, let's dig in to the first step, and that is preparation. So you've, you've got a, a TV show picked out. Uh, let's say I want to spec some uh, Better Call Saul or How to Get Away with Murder. What do I need to do now? Well, first of all, you need to amass some materials, and I don't mean brick and mortar. I mean episodes of your TV show because you're going to be watching a lot of that TV show, but also scripts. Hopefully, you can get your hands on a script. Maybe it's just the pilot. You know, look online, find the pilot of your show. Or if you're in LA, you can go to a script library like the Writer Scale Foundation Library to uh, get access to the back half of the season or the show. And also arm yourself with some common sense. We'll be talking a lot in this episode about researching that show and, and figuring out the structure and the beats and all that. So when something doesn't apply to you directly, you can disregard it. But if it does, really lean into that and figure out what applies to your show versus not. And one last thing, also find some extra material you can get your hands on that isn't directly related to a script or an episode. So maybe it's an interview, maybe it's an audio commentary of an episode you really appreciate. The idea is in this episode, we want to get you inside the writer's room, inside this mentality of how do I break an episode of the show I selected? And sometimes you can find uh, pitch Bibles online for shows like Stranger Things and whatever, and that can provide a good overview of the series and distill down the themes and the characters and everything. So any extra material like that that's laying around, it's all useful. Now, once you've got that, what episode should you be watching or even scripts? What should you be reading? I think to prepare, if you can rewatch the whole show, that's great. It obviously depends on the show. If there's like 20 seasons of it, maybe that's not realistic. Um, <laughs> and you know what timeline you're working to. But if not, if you can't find the time for that, pick the key episodes that you think will help the most. Now, maybe that's the most popular or lauded episodes that people have really enjoyed. But another flip side of that would be interesting to see, like, what are the episodes that people hated out of the show and why? And what should you be avoiding when you're looking to write that as well? Yeah, I know that when Nick Specked the Simpsons, he binged like all 25 seasons in one. <laughs> sitting right <laughs> oh yes that's absolutely no but yeah exactly i mean you do need to have seen more than a season premiere or a finale to understand the show you selected these episodes are kind of anomalies and are not actually representative of a basic episode of the show you selected those middle episodes are the ones maintaining the story and the momentum for it it's kind of the equivalent of act two in a feature film you're probably not going to be writing an entire episode that serves as the act one or the act three of that story, but more so the act two, the, the meat of that narrative. And if you really cannot rewatch the entire show, then pick the episodes that at best represent the kind of episode you'll be writing and also the best rated as well as the worst rated. Look them up on IMDb or EV Club or TV.com and find out what people liked and disliked and why they maybe hated that episode nine and maybe go against it in your own writing. And if you're writing within a serialized show, this will also help you figure out when you want your episode to fit. And we'll talk more about it in a second. Yeah, I mean, I recently got staffed on a show and I think that I now have a lot more respect for the spec writing process because it really is literally what you're doing as a staff writer. You read the old scripts, you watch the episodes from the previous stuff, and you try to write the show in the voice of the creator and the showrunner with the conventions that are expected. Even when you're sitting in the room breaking stories, it's a very similar process to you tackling a spec. It's just more collaborative and you have the original creative sitting there in the room to guide you through the process and keep you in the right direction. At long last, Nick is listening to what I'm preaching. <laughs> <laughs> After all these months. 
Okay, so what if I want to write a spec, but I cannot find any of the scripts? Well, I mean, you don't need to have scripts of your show to write a good spec. You do have finished, produced episodes. And although it's not often a one-to-one comparison, it can be used to break down structure, acts, ABC stories, characters, dialogue, pacing, all of that stuff that we're going to be talking about in this episode. The one key thing you'll be missing is how to imitate the actual writing of it on the page, but a lot of it can infer from other scripts, maybe from the same writer or from the same network. One thing I don't recommend is reading other people's spec scripts because there's no guarantee that they're actually any good or representative of the show. You don't know if they've done all their research and they've kind of put that in as well. So I'm also not really a fan of just reading those transcriptions that you often find online that say they're scripts, but they're just someone's written down the dialogue because they don't have any of the script formatting. They don't accurately tell you anything that you need to know about the show. And then they often get some of the transcription wrong anyway. Yeah, it's just verbatim what they said, but there's no prose, there's no pacing. It's just the block of dialogue. Exactly. Now, in terms of deciding where your spec should fit and the whole episodic versus serialized of it all, I wrote an entire article about this very concept, which I'll post in the show notes, but the gist is this. There are kind of two strategies when it comes to deciding where your spec should fit within the show. The first option is to write what is called an evergreen episode. This is a script that, give or take some minute background elements, can fit pretty much anywhere in that season. It could be episode two, it could be episode nine, it could be episode 23, it doesn't really matter. And yes, you can even do this for serialized shows. A version of that could be Saul Goodman taking on a client for an entire episode, or people on The Walking Dead having to deal with a specific crisis in a specific location. Now, the second option is to write your episode with a specific fit in mind. In other words, you're purposefully deciding to write a missing episode of your show. So on a narrative and character level, that may mean figuring out something that hasn't been explored on the show, but could fill a gap. Maybe a lead character had an off-screen adventure between episodes seven and eight, and now is your time to explore that on screen. Or maybe you're writing some kind of season premiere to your show. That was actually a common tactic for Dexter specs back in the day, since each season was about a different villain, so they could use that spec to showcase a completely different enemy. I know a lot of the fellowships give you the opportunity to write a half a page or a one page kind of introduction or synopsis of the season and what has happened up to the point that your episode fits into so that you can actually provide the context for them. Exactly. And that previously on page is a great place for you to refresh memory if you're going to be using some kind of guest star in that episode. You don't have to refresh the memory about the entire season. It really is just kind of like a heads up that this episode is going to be between seven and eight or whatever the case may be. And a common question that I do hear about specs is where exactly do I place my story within that serialized arc? If that's the direction I want to go with it, do I try to guess the next steps for the show and write future episodes as to where it might be? Or like you said, do I splice it in between some existing episodes or try to take it in a new direction? If it's something that you're going to be writing just for the season, which I'm guessing most people are because now there's such a turnover in spec scripts that you kind of only have to write that one for this one fellowship. Then I'm fine with someone guessing what's going to happen next, but it still needs to be a compelling episode in of itself. I think that that is the key at the end of the day is if you're entertaining me within those whatever 30 to 60 pages, then I can understand you making something up. But if it's procedural or something that has less serialized elements, I do want to see sort of that formula built in. I think that one thing that a lot of sitcoms have going for them is that advantage of being largely hard reset or standalone, or at least having the capacity for it fairly easily. So, you know, like if you're doing a comedy, just come up with your own awesome evergreen self-contained spec episode rather than trying to play into whatever light serialization or callbacks may crop up in the show. Like, hey, remember this minor character or whatever? Just do your own thing. 
You know, if you're wanting to write something more serialized like Bojack, I still don't think you need it to play into that serialized arc if you can avoid it. Bojack does standalone apps like the underwater episode, but also you can just kind of draw on the extant themes and dynamics and do your own thing. Like you're saying with, you know, Better Call Saul focusing on a client, maybe Bojack has another old friend from his past sitcom life coming to town and he has to deal with that for the majority of one episode while still incorporating the elements of the show, like his relationships with Todd and Diane and how that's strained and it keeps sending him down on this spiral. Ironically, the most lauded episodes of Bojack Jack were mostly standalone episodes. I mean, they tied within the overall narratives, but they were very specific and unique in the way they told their stories. Absolutely. And one last thing before we move on to the actual research portion of this program, and in fact, something you should keep in mind while you research our show, and that is find the faults in our stars. Oh, uh, I'm a big uh, John Green fan, as you can tell, <laughs> or not. Should we uh, rename our podcast to Paper Towns? <sighs> pass. <laughs> what I mean by find the faults in our stars is that you want to try to keep an eye out for any issues you may have with the show you're specking, be it structurally, narratively, on a character level, on a dialogue level, wherever the case may be, because these are actually opportunities for you to not just write a good spec script of the show, but to actually take your spec to that next level and maybe fix those things that you're bumping against. A common thing people do is spec whatever their favorite show is that's currently on the air. That that is why the Americans, or better call Saul, have been such popular specs. But those shows are really hard to spec, in part because they are done by people at the top of their craft. You're getting stacked against some of the highest profile writing on TV currently. Now, on the flip side, you could also spec a show you enjoy, but that also has some minute issues you are aware of, issues that you may be able to fix in the spec. So keep an eye out while you research your show for opportunities to not just fix something you're bumping against, but also write an even better spec episode that the show itself is writing. Like what if Saul Goodman was a teenager and wrote a skateboard around? Wouldn't that make it better? No, <laughs> it would not. <laughs> All right, so now that you're armed with some materials to spec the show with, let's talk a little bit more about researching the show on a broader macro level. This is kind of the bigger picture. What is your show about? What does an episode look like? And this is perhaps the most fundamental research you'll be doing to write a good spec because you will be reverse engineering what makes an episode of your show, well, an episode of your show. And the first thing to do is to understand the type of show you're working with. Obviously, you need to have seen the show to get a good sense of what that series is. What is an average episode about? Is it a murder? Is it a family problem? Is it the continuation of an ongoing complex mythological arc around the sociopolitical stratification of our modern world against the backdrop of another Fantastic Four reboot? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we've already covered this in greater details earlier. So now I do want to spend a fair amount of time talking about one of the most overlooked and crucial part of any TV script, structure. We may have already lost half of our audience right there, but structure in TV is very important. How many acts? What are the ABC stories? How is the pacing of that show? Think of structure this way. It's the sandbox in which you can be creative. But before you spec that sandcastle, you first need to know the boundaries of that sandbox. So let's dig into researching your show on a structural level so you can put yourself in the shoes of someone in the writing staff of the show you're specking. So I've got my scripts in front of me or of the episode playing on TV. What next? Well, assuming I already know what the episode is about, the first thing I'm looking for is identifying the ABC stories. If you don't already know what ABC stories are in TV, take a listen to our PT53 episode called Weaving Storylines about that very topic. But in short, these are the different narratives and story threads in your TV episode. 
Identifying them doesn't just give you who the leads are or who should get the most screen time, but also the order of importance for each narrative beat. That's usually the most straightforward way of seeing what stories are being prioritized in an episode and therefore what you should be prioritizing in your own spec. So if you're working with a procedural show, then generally speaking, the A story will be the case of the week and the B story will be some side case done by secondary characters. And then the C story will often be a running ongoing macro story across the entire season. If it's a more serialized show, like something Chandra Rhymes would be writing, then the ABC stories will be character-based and dependent on what our people are going through in that very specific moment in time. So on the comedy side, you're typically going to be looking at two or three acts that have an A story, a B story, and a C runner. The A story is your main plot with your central characters. The B story is a secondary plot that gets a little less screen time. It usually intersects back around with the A in some way. And then the runner is actually more of just a little story or a joke with a few beats scattered throughout, more often self-contained rather than a fully serialized thing like Alex was saying with drama. It's not a true story arc in that way. And there will often be multiple runners or callbacks in a sitcom script. They're actually a good way to make good use of your secondary or tertiary characters who aren't busy carrying a full A or B story. Now, once I understand the hierarchy of the various ABC stories explored in an episode, I look at how the episode is divided by acts. And acts are the core of TV structure because they will dictate a lot of elements within the episode, pacing, cliffhangers, and of course, advertising revenue. Practically, though, this is when things get a bit mathy in the research department. The number of acts is a variable that will change with every show, and that number is what you should abide by when writing your spec. So, for example, a lot of network one hours have a teaser and six acts, but even if you don't have a script in front of you, you can still figure out the number of acts, just count the number of times they go to commercial in an episode. And so with sitcom, whether it's two acts or three acts, maybe some even have four, HBO comedies might have none, whatever it is, most of them have what's called a cold open, which is, you know, the teaser for drama people. And whether that is literally formatted as its own section, e.g. with a cold open at the top and end of cold open at the bottom and a page break, or it's just the first page or two and then they have a little subheading that says like cut to title sequence is a matter for your research. But many sitcoms also have what they call a tag at the end. And that is like a one page-ish outro that maybe calls back a joke from earlier pays something off, ties up something, usually minor. You know, your A and B story should generally be resolved satisfactorily by the time you end your final act. Your tag is more of kind of a funny afterthought. If you don't have the script, like Alex was saying, you can usually tell if they use a cold open by seeing if there's a short scene or two before they cut to their titles, or if it just starts with the title and then keeps going from there. Likewise with the tag, there will typically be a hard cut of some kind, maybe to an ad break, or maybe just a noticeable transition, and then this little tag scene, then the credits will play. Some shows even play the tag with the credits or beside it. Some do them after the credits, a la Rick and Morty. Yeah, and it's actually difficult to be prescriptive about dramas and one hours because really the format will vary drastically between each network and each genre. Uh, but as always, the best advice here is to kind of dissect the episode you have in front of you. And things to keep in mind are, do they have a teaser, like Nick said? Do they go straight into act one? Do they have a tag? Those are elements you can look at for the number of acts. So now you have a broad picture of the structure. What about the actual pacing of how that structure plays out? Yeah, so once those acts are figured out, it's time to look at what is inside them. And the first thing is to understand how many beats they are per act and how long they are. Most one hours have either a short teaser or go straight into a lengthy first act. The Good Wife was actually notorious for disguising its teaser as a full act. So essentially, 
there were 15 page long teasers. Then act one would be another 10 to 12 pages and so on. But broadly speaking, the first two acts of your show will be the longest because they want to front load as much story as possible before you change the channel during the advertising break. And again, I can't state an exact evergreen number of beats or page per act since every drama will have a different structure, but be aware of that when you look at your show. Yeah, we're not going to be able to give you a how to save the cat beat sheet on exactly which page your act break should fall because every show is different. Exactly. And the next thing to look at is that pacing within those acts. How do the writers transition between the A, B, C stories and how many beats are sticking with a particular narrative? This is maybe a very granular way of looking at an episode of your show, and it will often change between episodes, but figuring out when they switch from the A story to the B story can help you understand what they consider to be a cliffhanger or climax to that story, and how they manage that pacing. So for example, let's say you're writing a crime drama, and right now there's a detective pursuing a lead. It's the dead of night. She goes to an abandoned warehouse in the middle of nowhere no backup. She's alone. Suddenly, she hears something fall down. Is someone else in the warehouse? The detective starts to walk towards the source of the noise, and then, well, what comes after that A-story beat? You can stay with the detective for a few more beats and explore that tense moment, or you can leave at this heightened point of tension and cut to the B-story about something completely unrelated. Each show will handle that decision differently. So read that script or watch that episode and actually write down the scenes for each ABC stories before they cut to something else. So A-A-A-B-B-A-A-B-B-B-C. I know it's very abstract. Is that the Konami code? (laughs) Exactly. You can unlock the perfect spec script with a Konami code. (laughs) But again, it's a very granular way of breaking down an episode. But if you do it right, you'll understand the pacing of your show like no one else. Now, in comedy, it does tend to work to the rule of threes, often to a fractal level. There's usually three beats in a joke, the setup, the confirmation, and the punchline. You'll find maybe three major beats in a scene, three major beats in a storyline, example, your A story, your B story per act, and of course, roughly three acts. Obviously, that's not hard and fast, but it's a solid template and a starting point, bearing in mind that you are going to be working to whatever your specific show does. So read those scripts and study those episodes and adhere to their specific pacing and structure. Now that said, the rule of threes is an easy way to break down a story on your own for the show that you're specking. How do you do this? Well, you start big and you get smaller. So look at those three macro beats of your A story. In a sentence, what happens in your A story in Act 1? What happens in Act 2? And what happens in Act 3? and the same for your B story. Then you can go deeper into each act, split it up into the three major beats of your A story in act one. Now what are the three beats of the A story in act two, then act three, rinse and repeat for your B story. Typically, you're gonna spend longer in your scenes and your moments in the A story, and then your B story scenes are gonna be a little faster, a little less frequent. It's all about the timing of how you switch between them. Once you've figured that out, you can decide how you wanna cut between your A and your B story for the sake of pacing, how best to build that tension or create comedy. When you're figuring this out, I find it's most easily done either on a whiteboard or using index cards and moving them around to see what works best. You can even do it when you're plugging your outline into Final Draft and putting in your scene headers. You figure out the best flow and pacing of story as to when it should cut. Now, a runner works a little differently than those full A and B stories. For a runner, you're looking at maybe three beats over the whole script. So you get maybe one runner beat per act. So figure out what's your runner beat in act one, what's the one runner beat in act two, and then what's the beat in act three, for example. Where do they fit best? Remember, you can't have more than one runner, given they tend to be so small and modular to the story. And speaking of TV scripts, let's talk about a new sponsor for this Paper Team episode. 
So if you work in film and television production, you know how frustrating last-minute script changes can be. Meet Scriptation. It's the first and only PDF annotation app built for the entire production team. It's actually created by the script coordinator of Blackish, and Scriptation's unique technology allows you to instantly transfer your notes every time a new draft comes out. There's no more collating script pages, no more recopying the notes. Scriptation has been used on hundreds of TV shows and films, including The Walking Dead, Silicon Valley, Grace and Frankie. Scriptation is available now on the App Store and on Windows. So now I know my ABC stories, I know my acts, and I know my beats. It is time to look at the act outs because these are the tentpoles of the episode. This is often what writers will break first when figuring out what goes into an episode. It's a bit like filling in the borders of a puzzle first. And once again, we got a whole Paper Team episode dedicated to why those act outs are important. That's PT15 called Act Breaks. But What that means for your spec script is that this is where everything about the structure comes together. Where is the show landing those temples moments? Is it about the main character? Is it about the main case? Is it about something completely unrelated? What makes this an act break? Why would people come back after the ad? Yeah, as I just discussed with finding the key beats in your A and B stories, it's important to know that the act breaks are going to be the most important beat in each act, because that's where the biggest dramatic movement or shift will come. And for comedy, that's the one that often results in the most comedy, or the potential for comedy and conflict in the following act, because of this new or changed situation that we're thrust into by the act break. When you're plotting your story beats in each act, think about how they all push us towards that act break, and then how that break will progress, complicate, or reverse the story in a major way. Like Alex said, it often helps to figure out your act breaks first and then write to them. But what about those scripts that are written for cable or streaming and they don't have any acts written in? Does that mean they don't have any structure? Yeah, I'm writing Westworld. It's artistic. They don't use structure in that show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, actually, every show uses some form of structure. And I know this sounds very mathy, again, instead of artsy, but that is the point. By and large, TV is a structural medium. Even Better Call Saul has acts, and even Orange is the New Black has ABC stories. So even if you cannot see those act breaks in the finished episode, that doesn't mean it wasn't broken with act breaks in mind. Master of None was initially done with acts, even though it's a Netflix product. You can look at those early scripts. And even if there are no acts in your show, it does not mean pacing or climaxes aren't a thing in your series. They may just be disguised better than others. So it's more or less the same process to finding that structure in something that apparently has none. I do think it really is important to write your scripts with act breaks and write to them, even if you do take them out at the end, because it will help you break it up and give you something to work to rather than just kind of plotting through and hoping that it all makes sense. 100% agreed. And one way of going about it is if you have no clue where to start and figuring out that structure, just look at log lines in some IMDb or wiki page. You will instantly understand what that single episode is about. Otherwise, they would not be able to pitch that episode to the network of the studio in the first place. Let's actually compare the log lines of The Flash and Westworld to see if they have a very different way of approaching ABC stories. All right, the logline for Season 3, Episode 4 of The Flash, called The New Rogues, goes as follows. Mirror Master joins his old partner, Top, and looks to even the score with Snart. Jesse joins the chase, but her decision to defy one of Barry's orders results in terrible consequences. All right, so you instantly understand the two storylines going parallel to one another. Now, Westworld, you would think, oh, it's going to be some highbrow paragraph about what humanity is about. But actually, here's the logline for 104. Dolores joins William and Logan on the bounty hunt. The man in black makes a significant discovery and Ford and Teresa discuss the park's future. You can instantly understand the three ABC stories of that one episode. Now let's move on to another episode of Flash. 
All right, and this is for the next episode, Season 3, Episode 5, Monster. Caitlin visits her mother to help her understand her growing metahuman powers. Barry tries to convince Julian to let him help investigate a new metahuman attacking Central City. Once again, very clear AB storylines. Just look for the semicolons. They yeah. separate the storylines. What? Really? <laughs> ah, don't spoil the fun, Nick. All right, here's a 105 of Westworld. Dolores, William, and Logan reach Pariah and are recruited for a dangerous mission. Semicolon, the man in black meets an ally. So yeah, clearly very distinctive way of approaching uh, TV storytelling, isn't it? <laughs> so as you can see, if you don't understand what that episode is about, start from the log line and work backwards. Then you can work out what that ABC story is. And after that, you can break down how many scenes per acts and stories there are. And then you can figure out the investigative or emotional beats of a story. And then you can grasp what an episode of your show looks like. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to kind of clarify when I was talking about the three beats earlier in regards to comedy scripts. I'm not saying there's only literally three scenes in the act or even three scenes of the A or B story. You can have as many scenes as you want. I was just talking about the broad stroke major story turns and beats of what's going on there. So don't feel like you're trapped into that number of scenes. Like Alex said, watch your episodes, read your scripts and see how many scenes they tend to have per act or how many scenes per story and follow that. That's exactly why you got to repeat that process for as many episodes as it takes for you to understand how the show is broken. Don't just spend it on two episodes. You know, two is a coincidence, three is a pattern, or probably more than that. You really got to average it out and see what the overall show looks like. And if after all this work, you still cannot understand the structure of the show you picked, then maybe you should not be specking that show after all. Let's move away from structure and talk about breaking down and researching everything else. Uh, this is maybe more abstract and not as tangible as putting beats and numbers in a grid, but it is equally as important. One of the things that you should be really looking into when you're doing your research is the characters. So by reading the scripts and watching the episodes, try to find out which characters are commonly paired together for those A stories, B stories, etc. For Rick and Morty, it's usually a Rick and Morty A story. That would make sense, right? It's the title of the show. And then <laughs> are you sure? in the B story, you're probably going to have the family paired up together. Maybe Beth and Jerry or Summer and Beth or all of them at once. Now the show in later seasons has changed that up. And now we have like a Rick and Summer A story or whatever. So... You just figure out what's the most interesting while still feeling like the show. Yeah, actually, that's a great idea to also keep things fresh. If two characters have not been paired in a while, you can create interesting and new dynamics by switching things off. If you look at a show like Friends, that's exactly how things were kept so fresh after all these years is because they were changing the pairings of the characters. And characters also have arcs within episodes. It's, uh, as always, hard to be prescriptive across all shows because every show weighs differently its character arcs. But a good rule of thumb is to simply look at the emotional arc of your protagonist. Where does he or she start the season? Where does she or he start the episode? And where does she or he end that episode or season? Again, I'm not talking literally where they end up, but emotionally. Maybe Barry Allen started the episode withholding a secret from his girlfriend and the events of the episode unraveled everything around him and he is laid bare in front of a significant other uh, this is pretty sad but uh that was an episode of a flash i think maybe it is now it is now the flash fighters are listening <laughs> Now, it doesn't mean you should replicate that same emotional journey in your spec. It's obviously already been done in the very episode we just talked about. It's a Flash episode. But it's a good baseline for what kind of emotional arc the show likes to provide. How far do they push things within a single episode? This Is Us has very big emotional swings in every single episode. In fact, it's basically a soap. But The Americans is much more conservative in the way it develops its character moments. So understand where your show fits within that spec. How about the stories in the plot? What should we be looking for there? 
So you're probably not in the room listening to pitches or having access to that original show Bible, but you do have access to the next best thing, online fandom. One avenue to really dig into the complex mythology of a show is Wikipedia, and no, I'm not just talking about the main Wikipedia page. Every show, especially genre shows, have their own dedicated Wikipedias done by fans. Lost has Lostpedia, Star Trek has Memory Alpha, and they dissect every episode, every moment, every beat of the show, and collate all that extra information you may need to write something in that universe. In short, it is your own online Bible. It's funny, as you were saying this, I looked up the show that I'm writing on now, and it already has its own wiki, even though it doesn't premiere till tomorrow at the time of recording. So people are very passionate. It's great. Good for you, Nick. That's a great, <laughs> that means you'll have a long future in that. In that I, I hope so. We'll see. So speaking of that, I also recommend trying to summarize an episode yourself as an exercise. Now watch the episode and then come up with your own version of what a good logline for it would be. Then try writing a concise one paragraph synopsis of the whole episode. I mean, try to summarize a whole season if you can in a half a page or a page. I think it really helps you decipher through what the most important plot and character beats are to understanding the story as a whole and what is unimportant or minutiae. For example, when I used to do script coverage all the time, I found that if you tried to summarize it as you go, you're including tons of irrelevant minor details because you don't know what's important and what's not. I mean, how could you? You haven't read beyond the page that you're on. But if you read all the way to the end and then think back to how you would summarize everything all up, you get a much more focused and concise synopsis of the story that doesn't get bogged down in the minor play-by-play of a scene. And I think that this is the level at which you should be outlining plot beats of your story. And then you can worry about the scene work and those little moments once you're in there writing. Yeah, this will actually also be useful to figure out when and where to place that episode if you're working on a serialized spec. You can find scenes or moments you can mine more than the show actually did and end up with a missing episode spec. That's what I did for myself with one of my old specs is I was looking at moments in that season where I felt like the lead character was underserved emotionally. There was a whole section between two episodes that I felt like needed a whole episode to explore, and that's what I did. Now, the last macro element we want to talk about is themes. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand that themes work on multiple levels. I find it best to try to figure out what the broader theme is of the show, what the thematic areas that it's exploring at large, and then you can find some kind of sub-themes or specific focuses below that aspects of that theme to explore. For example, if the show is about power in a broad sense, find the best possible crucible, you know, a situation with strong dynamics in which to explore that theme, e.g. what if someone powerless suddenly became powerful, or someone powerful suddenly became powerless. What if this power was up for grabs what lengths would people go to to get it who would they betray etc yeah that's how a lot of the cwdc shows work is they both look at the themes they want to explain that episode as well as what the character's emotional arc is going to be and then they tailor the villain of that episode to those themes and those values so that's a great way of brainstorming ideas and figuring out what the show is truly about and again we keep repeating this but a lot of it will depend on the show you're picking but you got to ask yourself how does this story reflect the emotional stake and what do the writers want to show of that world? And then you can sort of mimic that in your own spec. So we've looked at the macro side of things, meaning the show itself, but what about the script and sort of the more minutiae of it all? Yeah, I think it's the fine details that can separate a good spec script from a great one. You know, like when you have a typo in your script, it looks careless and unprofessional. So if you aren't nailing exactly how a show writes the scripts in their room, it can often feel like the same thing to a reader. Whatever your personal preferences are about how to write and format your script, throw it out the window. You're now writing in the style of the show. Become one with the show. Assimilate. 
or die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first thing to look out for is the prose. And if you can get your hands on scripts, look at how that prose is written. How much is it editorialized? I keep going back to that example of how to get away with murder because it was so jarring the first time I read scripts for that show for a spec I was writing at the time. They would state the kinds of emotions we should be feeling as we read that specific scene, which is kind of the polar opposite way of how most shows write their prose, meaning in a more subdued way. And a friend who specced Better Call Saul pointed out to me that the scenes in those scripts are almost all told through the point of view of Saul, which directly influences how that prose is written. You know, we are all reading and writing that scene from the perspective of the lead character. And this is hard to gauge if you cannot get a hold of scripts, but you can usually find at least the pilot of most shows online or in script libraries. And on the flip side of that, a lot of sitcom action is very underwritten. Literally the most basic version, like John shoots Tom instead of John raises his pistol, cocks it, and unleashes a hail of lead at the man he despises or, or you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, part of that is because uh, there's just less room. You don't want to take it up with all that stuff. And another part of that, I think, is something you'll find similar to stage plays is that you really just need the bare minimum. And then the interpretation of what that action is is left up to the actors and the director. Ideally, the story and comedy in a sitcom script should be strong enough and compelling enough to stand on its own in its most basic form without needing to be written as some sort of novelistic journey for the reader. Dialogue is really where most of your cleverness as a comedy writer is going to shine in sitcom. Are you saying that I cannot find Rick and Morty scripts at the Library of Congress? <laughs> uh, probably can. I think most stuff is there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but the way each scene is written will also change depending on what kind of scene it is. Maybe it's an emotional scene or a character-driven scene or an action scene. So look how familiar that prose is. Lost scripts were well known for their overuse of the F word almost every sentence versus some other shows that may be much more conservative in their language. Another thing to pay attention to in the shows or scripts is uh, the character quirks. This usually surfaces in the characters and the dialogue. For example, what are their commonly repeated catchphrases? And more importantly, if you have a script in front of you, how are they actually written on the page? In Rick and Morty, how do they write Rick's burp? Is it in the action or is it in the dialogue? Is it in a parenthetical? Is it written burp or belch? Do they write it on the page at all? Famously, Homer Simpson's dough is actually written as, in brackets, annoyed grunt which is not something you could just guess from having watched the show. Again, do they write, you know, Morty stammering with his repeated words and ellipses and hyphens on the page, or do they just leave it up to Justin Roiland, the voice actor, to implement in the booth? Do they write the specifics of accented speech, you know, shortening words with apostrophes like doing instead of doing? Or again, is that something they just leave to the actor and the director to figure out? Yeah, and the way each character has that specific vernacular is going to impact a lot how you will be writing these characters and that dialogue. So when you research, pay special attention to the way they express themselves. And even if you're just watching a produced version, be aware of the differences between something the actor is doing versus something that's already in the script. Speaking of, let's move on to the last piece of micro minutiae, which is formatting. So there are a ton of specificities and nuance in formatting on the page, even down to just the overall look of the page. If you zoom out on your PDF, is there a lot of white space? Are the action lines short? Are there big chunks of text? Even something as basic as that could be important to finding a, a faithful replication of this show. Yeah, and the other thing is, on average, how many pages does a script tend to run? This is what we said earlier about the structure of it all. How many acts? Are there, there act three shorter, or is act one really long, uh, like The Good Wife, and so on? So pay attention to that. 
Yeah, how does this show write their scene headings, even down to the order of them? Is it the bigger location, then the smaller location, then the time? Or is it the smaller location, then the bigger location, then the time? Do they always include day or night at the end? Do they drop it off? Do they have more specific times like evening or sunrise? When a scene is continuing on, do they use continuous or same or don't bother with that at all? Do they bold or underline the scene headings? How do they write their subheadings? How do they write transitions? And also, this may be for specific shows, but what do chirons and the syntax within them look like? How often do they remind the audience when and where they are? I think of Fringe, which is a show that was always big on chirons and reminding people of the location and the, the venue. Absolutely. And, and what do the action scenes look like on the page? When do they write in all caps? Is it every sentence? Is it just every now and then? Do they cap specific actions, sounds? Do they just cap anything that they want people to pay attention to? It's really important to pay attention to that. And also on that note, how do they write their montages if they have many montages? Is it a series of shots? Is it straight up a montage in the script? Is it separate paragraphs? Or is it cutting between scenes, intercutting with a new header every time or subheadings or a split header up top? Honestly, even something as simple as the correct spelling of names of characters or specific devices in the show or locations, I think you'd be surprised how easy it is to get wrong when you've only ever heard it spoken out loud and not seen it on the page. And are they cool with directing in the script or in calling shots in the action like close on, extreme wide, or maybe not? What about we hear and we see? How familiar are they with the reader? In the character dialogue, how common are the parentheticals up the top? Should you avoid them altogether or lean in and really use them a lot? And we spoke about sort of caps for action earlier. Do they ever use caps in the dialogue or italics or underlines, etc.? And similar to the spelling of, say, character names, what do they actually call their locations in the headers? In The Simpsons, is it interior the Simpson home? Is it interior Simpson house? Is it interior 742 Evergreen Terrace? You're not going to know unless you actually look at the script. And the last thing is the cover page. I sometimes like to imitate the font or the logo of the show, assuming they use it in their own scripts. Otherwise, the vanilla default is fine. But as always, don't include whatever copyright you may have on the title page, which should actually be no copyright since this isn't your show. And in terms of personal information like your name, that will depend on which competition or fellowship you're entering. So check them rules. <laughs> One last element that could be a whole separate discussion, and that is meta research. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, the point of researching a spec is to put yourself in the minds of the writers inside their writer's room. So why not go the extra step and proactively look up elements outside of the produced episodes, specifically interviews or commentaries about the show by people who make that show? Let's say you're writing an episode about the relationship between two specific characters. I'm sure there's already plenty of content online about that relationship. And no, I'm not talking about fan fiction. I'm talking about articles reviewing those episodes where they're featured or audio commentaries on key episodes by the people involved in those episodes or actors discussing their characters, directors discussing specific takes, writers dissecting their scripts or showrunners explaining their decisions. The world is your oyster. Use it to get a leg up from everyone else by actually looking up additional information to these storylines that not many people will bother researching. And you may find additional ideas for stories, moments, themes, dialogue that the show wished it explored but for whatever reason couldn't or wouldn't. 
Yeah, I really love listening to podcasts about the business and interviews with writers, creators, things like that, the business or Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith, things like that, where you actually really get to mine the writers and the showrunners and that kind of thing for that kind of cool information and tidbits and stuff that you can use to your advantage. And all those things you just cannot get just by watching the show, reading the scripts. It's extra meta comment. And finally, like with any script, you can lose yourself in that rabbit hole of research. But at, at some point, you'll need to start working on an outline. But you can use that research research time to brainstorm ideas or confirm that the ideas you do have fit within the narrative of the show. Researching the show you spec is something not many people talk about, yet is a key aspect of writing a great spec. All right, what are the takeaways for this episode? Number one, research the show you want to spec to put yourself in the shoes of the writers in the writer's room. Anyone can do it as long as you have episodes or scripts to look at. Number two, look at macro elements of your show like structure, characters, themes, stories to understand what makes for a strong episode. Number three, also pay attention to the nuances on the micro level and in the script so that you can imitate the writing style of the show you want to spec faithfully. What are some resources that we can send our listeners away with? Well, my resource for the week is going to be the Resgale Foundation Library. We talked a lot in this episode about scripts, and this is a location that contains a lot of them. Uh, in fact, a lot of current shows and current episodes that aired merely weeks ago, and it's free even if you're not a Guild member, so highly recommended. Yeah, and not just scripts, but sometimes they have supplemental materials outside of that. I know at one point they had, I don't even remember what the show was, but they had a display where it was like all of the early research materials and the different drafts of scripts that had gone through for this sitcom or whatever. So you never know what you could possibly find there. As for my resource, I mentioned podcasts. I wanted to name a few of the specific ones that I found most useful for interviews and in-depth information from showrunners and TV creators specifically. So one of them is KCRW's The Business. They're really great at keeping you updated on all that kind of stuff. Third and Fairfax is actually the Writers Guild podcast, so they very often have showrunners and writers on who are working in TV. And another one that sometimes has TV people on is Barry Katz's Industry Standard. He goes into a lot of detail, basically going through someone's like whole life and how they got up to where they were and their experience in that whole process. So sometimes he has comedians, sometimes he has people from studios and whatever, but every now and then he'll have a TV writer as well. And it's just a really, I've never seen a more in-depth analysis of kind of people's lives and, and things like that that you can get insight from. And on that note, I would also recommend looking up if the show you want to spec has their own podcast, maybe done by an editor or a writer or an assistant on that show. For example, Breaking Bad used to have a Breaking Bad Insider podcast by Kelly Dixon, who's an editor on the show. And I know Better Call Saul continues that tradition. So whatever show you're doing or whatever show you're specking, I'm sure they have additional content. So many shows these days also have inside the episode, right after the episode, things like that. So you can always watch all of those too and get a little more insight. Exactly. We're talking in certain names show <laughs> well on that note thank you all for taking the time to tune in and listen as always you can get all the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 79 and in a few weeks you'll be able to get a transcript for this episode at paperteam.co slash 79 transcript and if you have a moment we would love for you to leave us a review you can do that at paperteam.co slash itunes and all those reviews are going to help more cool people like you listen to the show and build our community Thanks again to our sponsor, the 2018 Tracking Board Launchpad Pilots Competition. Paper Team listeners can use the code PAPERTEAM, all caps, all one word at the checkout, to save $15 off their entry. And you can learn more about all of the Launchpad's current competitions and exclusive partners by visiting tblaunchpad.com. And as always, I'm on Twitter at TVCalling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, questions about spec scripts, you can send them to ask at paperteam.co. And what are we doing next week? Next week, we're having Eva Miller, who is an executive at Canvas Media Studios, 
and they do a lot of cool digital content, online content, and new media forms like 360 shows and things like that. So we're going to find some interesting information about all the, the brave new frontiers of storytelling. It definitely will not be released in VR. <laughs> maybe, maybe later down the track. All right. See you then. Catch you then.